Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. Hey, folks, it's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Back to you for episode 80 on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Our last podcast this week, previewing the Bucks game at the Chiefs. Uh, flying out Saturday morning bright and early to go out there to uh, Kansas City. Lots to get to today. Uh, trying to catch you up on the last breakdowns and previews and positional matchups and all those kind of things. Uh, looking forward to a cold weekend in Kansas City. Uh, as we've mentioned, the high on Sunday is 51 degrees, so it'll be one of the colder games for the Bucks. Uh, probably about 15 degrees colder than anything else they've played this year. One of the coldest games ever for Jameis Winston as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to Kansas City just to get in some barbecue there. Uh, I can't tell if I'm going to go or not. Kansas is at home Saturday against Texas, which should be like a 50-point uh, blowout in that game. But I'm, I'm intrigued at the idea of going to a game there. I might duck over there, um, but not sure yet. Uh, one of the things we want to get to today, uh, we talked a little bit about Andy Reid and Dirk Cutter's history. Uh, going back 30 years to uh, coaching together as offensive assistants at San Francisco State and then later at UTEP and Missouri, kind of following each other around for six years. Uh, they have faced each other twice. I was intrigued uh, just in that they've both been in the NFL for the last decade. Uh, obviously, Andy Reid a lot longer than that. Uh, 2012, which was Dirk Cutter's first year with Mike Smith. And the Falcons, Atlanta beat the Eagles 30-17. to Matt Ryan had three touchdowns in the first half. Uh, got out early, uh, 24-7 in the first half, and, and took it to him. Uh, the Eagles and Andy Reid uh, beat Dirk Cutter and the Jaguars in 2010. That's a 28-3 win for the Eagles. Mike Vick with uh, four touchdowns, three passing, one rushing. The Jaguars only had 191 yards. Of offense, rough game for the Jaguars' offense in that game. Uh, David Garrard threw for 105, but had half of that comeback in sacks. So anytime you finish with a net 52 yards passing, that's not a good sign. Uh, Mike Smith and Andy Reid also have a history uh, going back and forth as uh, head coaches. Uh, they are, let's see, three and three is the record all time. Mike Smith has won the last two meetings, uh, beat Andy Reid's Eagles in 2012 with. Cutter, and in 2011, Eagles beat uh, his Falcons teams in 10, 9, and 8, and then he beat the Eagles once with the Jaguars in 2006 when he was an assistant on Jack Del Rio's staff. So lots of back and forth there. These guys know each other well on the field, off the field. Um, Interested about that. Uh, One thing I want to get to, and we didn't really touch on that that much earlier in the week, uh, is the injury situation going in this game. Bucks obviously are about as healthy as they've been. Uh, Doug Martin is back. Clinton McDonald is back. Even the guys that were, were held out in Sunday's win against the Bears are largely back. Uh, Russell Shepard has been back, which bodes well not only for receiver, but for punt coverage and special teams as well. Kevin Pamphill is still in the concussion protocol, uh, which obviously could keep him out. But he's practiced in full the last two days, so there's a good chance they'll get him back as their starting left guard. That would help a lot. 
Joe Hawley, who had the knee that kept him out Sunday, was upgraded from limited to full participation on Thursday. That bodes well for him. Luke Stocker, who had been held out with an ankle on Wednesday, was back at practice on Thursday. Uh, so again, about as healthy. Still no Jacquez Rogers, for instance. Nothing like that. Still no Evan Smith. Uh, but the defense is almost intact, and the offense is certainly a lot healthier than they've been uh, since probably week one. Uh, and they'll need that. Obviously, the, the closer to full strength you are, the better chance you have of winning at a tough place like Arrowhead. Uh, went through yesterday. We had talked about how the Chiefs are 17-2 uh, and two in their last 19 games. Nobody else in the NFL has more than 14 wins in that span. They've kind of owned things uh, by winning their last 10 last year and now being 7-2. and two. Uh, The worst teams in that area are uh, the 49ers have four wins, and the Browns are 1-19 in that clip. Bucks are 8-11, if you're wondering, uh, which kind of puts them, I think it's tied for the eighth worst record in the NFL over that span. 8-11, you'd think, isn't that bad kind of middle of the pack, but... A lot of NFL teams, very middling, very middle of the pack uh, since the middle of last season. So again, Kansas City, underrated right now. I mean, they haven't had the postseason success. Uh, only won one playoff game last year. And that's probably what's limited Andy Reid most of his career. Uh, you look at Andy Reid, 168 career wins in the NFL. Uh, he is 15th all-time in that. He is on course for what would be his 11th 10-win season. Uh, but the problem is that he's 10-9 uh, and nine all-time in the playoffs. He's never won more than two playoff games in a season. Uh, has made the one Super Bowl in 04 where the Eagles lost. So uh, here's a guy that, you know, again, will you know has passed uh, a bunch of big names on that all-time coaching list. Uh, and is in position to pass, uh, I think, three more by the end of the year. Let's assume this is like a 11-win Chiefs team. Uh, he would pass former. He'd be 12th on the all-time list and is frankly going to catch... Jeff Fisher pretty quickly. I don't know that Jeff is piling up the wins as steadily as Andy Reid is. Uh, so again, he has been head coach in the NFL since 99. Uh, so you're talking about, you know, this is now his uh, 18th season. Uh, a lot of experience there. And, and frankly, has done very well in Kansas City. Has won at least nine games every year he's been in Kansas City. Uh, on pace to do that again this year. Uh, I do want to mention injuries for the Chiefs because I think it's significant right now. Uh, you know, the Bucks very healthy. The Chiefs, by comparison, still had 12 players on their injured report. Uh, still have six guys completely held out. Six guys that haven't practiced at all this week. And some big names among them. Um, you know, you look, their quarterback, Peters, has five interceptions. He's now, uh, so far, hasn't practiced all week. I mean, you, you, these guys obviously can come back and practice on Friday and be good to go. But if they don't make a big step today, they're probably out. Um, we've mentioned this week that the Chiefs have 13 interceptions, which leads the NFL. Um, and, and Peters leads that with five. So, I mean, if they're without him, that's significant. Uh, Derek Johnson, who is their leading tackler with 66 tackles, also held out so far this week. Tom Bahali, 21 tackles, held out. Jay Howard, 23 tackles, held out. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, who has been injured this year. But, I mean, last year, Jeremy Macklin had 1,000 yards. He had eight touchdowns. Um, he's held out. So, you know, I think Tyreek Hill has done well stepping up this year, has four touchdowns as a rookie. But uh, but still, they, they need Macklin. They need offensive firepower where they can get it. Uh, you know, I think the Bucks will have their hands full with Travis Kelsey. You know, the other one to mention injury-wise, uh, they have played this whole season without Justin Houston. 
who, you know, just two years ago had 22 sacks. Uh, and Houston had looked like he could come back. Now, he was downgraded from full participation on Wednesday to limited participation on Thursday. So he could be another guy held out with injury, uh, especially on this Chiefs defense. Their long snapper, uh, James Winchester, has been out. Uh, his father was shot and killed in an airport shooting there in Kansas City uh, earlier in the week. Uh, so that's not injury-related, but obviously something they're dealing with there in Kansas City. You know, we talked a little bit about Jameis Winston in terms of uh, elusiveness. Um, you know, you think about that pass he made uh, coming out of the end zone against the Bears. You know, probably the highlight of the year. That's probably this year's uh, 3rd and 19 run against the Falcons. I don't know if he's going to trump that. Uh, we got seven more games to find out. But for him to, uh, you know, scramble left, scramble right, circle out of a couple sacks into his own end zone, and then chuck it to Mike Evans... Uh, we're talking again this week about his elusiveness. Um, they had a neat thing. Uh, the actual NFL official Twitter had synced it up where they had the the entire play with Winston scrambling back and throwing the, the pass to Mike Evans. On the top half and on the bottom, they simulcast it where his 40-yard dash from the NFL Combine, he could have run it twice in the time he kept that play alive. It was, it was 11, uh, 11 seconds that that play took before he threw, which is just an eternity in the NFL. To be able to elude 11 defenders for 11 seconds is not an easy thing. Um, just a wild, wild play. And again, we don't think of Jameis as having a crazy foot speed uh, in terms of being agile enough to really elude defenders, but he's shown that when he needs to, he can. I mean, this is, I mean, you talk about deceptive speed or uh, sneaky fast. Um he can make moves in the open field to keep plays alive. Uh, Rick Stroud with the Times had a stat this morning that the touchdowns outside the pocket, uh, Jameis has 19 touchdowns now. So he's three touchdowns away from matching last year's total for touchdown passes with seven, seven games still to go. But 10 of his 19 touchdowns have come outside the pocket. Uh, they keep talking about how their best play is, is a scramble play. Just when Jameis has to improvise and kind of go out on his own, um, the only time, I guess, his 10 touchdowns outside the pocket are the most since Brett Favre in 2009. And you think about Favre being so good at improvising, at kind of scrambling, uh, getting on the run, and then resetting and finding somebody who's gotten open because the play has, has just been extended for so long. Um, and again, Winston, it's, it's neat how comfortable these coaches are with him in those situations as a young quarterback, uh, that has had interception issues. I think they're remarkably comfortable. I mean, Dirk had talked about how on that throw, on that long throw to Mike Evans, again, you go from throw it away, throw it away. You're so far behind the which All you want him to do is throw the ball out of bounds. Don't take a 20-yard loss inside your own five. Um, and then he makes a throw, and it's like, there you go. Good job. Just like we drew it up. Um, we asked Todd Munkin, you know, what he was going through his head as Jameis kept spinning backwards and backwards. And he said safety. Like, that was, that was what the word was going through his head. And then you remember that it's Jameis, and this is what he does. Um, and they, you know, they have to trust his judgment that he can pull these plays off and find guys. And it's a credit to his receivers that they know he can do that. You know, it's one of those where, you know, you have to stay in your route. You have to keep finding ways to come back to your quarterback and get open long after most NFL plays would be gone. Um, so, so neat to see what he's done there. Uh, he will have to be very careful whether the Chiefs are at full strength or not 
to be careful about interceptions and be careful about uh, minimizing his mistakes. You know, you think about uh, turnovers and takeaways, and that is what the Chiefs do best. They are the best team in the NFL, leading the NFL in interceptions, leading the NFL in takeaways. Uh, and the Bucs have done very well. I mean, the Bucs were at minus nine in turnover margin at one point this season and are now at plus one. So for them to have reversed things and kind of dug themselves out of the hole they were in very early in this season uh, is commendable. And it's just a matter now of do they take these next seven games and build on the last four or five and, and move themselves up to a plus 10 before the year's over? Or do they revert back to their start and, and finish in the negative here? That'll be a big part of what they're able to do in terms of wins and losses in these last seven games. Uh, if you saw the game last night on Thursday night, uh, Chiefs, oh, sorry, the Chiefs, no, Chiefs are Sunday. Uh, Thursday night was Panthers and Saints. I uh, had questions last night. Fans were wondering who the Bucks should be pulling for in kind of this interdivisional game that they're dealing with. And I think this was the right outcome. Um, the Panthers won. That puts both the Panthers and the Saints now at four and six. Uh, so the Buccaneers at four and five are a half game up. And still one loss behind the Falcons in the standings. Uh, that's probably the best scenario for the Bucs. I think you want to kind of even things out behind them. Um, if they were to split the two games with the Saints, for instance, they'd still be ahead of them in the standings. Uh, Carolina, you know, I think will be a better team in the second half than they've been. But Carolina still has catching up to do. They get the Bucs in Tampa on New Year's Day to finish the regular season. Uh, and who knows? There could be something on the line there. There could be nothing at all but draft pick status on the line for that. But, uh, no, I mean, if you're looking at those things, you know, the other thing that came out of that are, are there were injuries in that Thursday game. We don't know how bad things are for Luke Keekley uh, with a concussion, but that would, would hurt the Panthers the rest of the way. He's had problems with concussions before. You hate to see that because he's such a great talent there in Charlotte, uh, but clearly something that could affect his ability to get back on the field the rest of the way. Saints have dealt with injuries as well. Bucks will get them twice in three weeks. They play the Saints... Uh, week 14 and week 16, uh, they get them in Tampa first. I think that's December 11th. And then they get them on Christmas Eve in New Orleans, next to last week of the season. So lots of games that will shake out uh, the difference between this being uh, a 6-10 and team, a 7-9 and team, with, with maybe the upside of a 9-7 team or something like that. It's hard to imagine where they are uh, right now being able to turn things around that much because they face a lot of tough teams down this stretch. But, again, this is, this is that, that game that uh, everybody is picking the Bucks to lose. I think uh, Pro Football Focus had a panel of eight picks yesterday, and all eight guys picked the Chiefs to win. They're like a touchdown favorite at home. Uh, but if you look at the Chiefs, what, what the Chiefs do is they win close games. Uh, just across the board, I think within these 17 games that they've won in the last 19, I think it's 10 or 11 that are within a touchdown or less. Uh, I know four or five wins this season have been by a touchdown or less, especially at home. Uh, they very consistently win at home, but they don't beat teams by 20 points. They beat teams by six points and four points and seven points and eight points. Uh, to where, again, if you do that consistently, what it takes is a pick six. What it takes is a big play that isn't normally there against the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Uh, we'll see if the Bucks are capable of that or not. That will wrap things up here. Uh, with our last podcast of the week. I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll be back on Monday with all the details. This could be another tricky one. I will try and bring uh, everything with me to Kansas City and maybe uh, cut the podcast overnight there after the game in Kansas City so it's up early for you guys and you're not waiting. I don't get in 
back to Tampa until like uh, 1 p.m. So I will try and, and bring everything with me and record this podcast overnight Sunday so it's there for you bright and early for my commuters that, that miss me having the podcast up at uh, 6 or 7 a.m. I will try and get things up early so you have it on Monday. But thank you guys again for listening. That will wrap things up. Episode 80 in the books. Thank you guys again. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the Bucks and Chiefs and everything that happened in Kansas City uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again, folks. We'll be back on Monday. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.